Practical Medicine Podcast, and we are Dr. Don Marco. I am. Easy. <laughs> Wait, is your mic on? Because I turned it off before. We have one, We're having lots of technical difficulties. One difficulty. too many texts and not enough texts here. <laughs> and when there's lots of lateness, there's sometimes pregnancy. <laughs> it's the Practical Medicine Podcast, and it's our goal to bring awareness to the public at large and the many different ways to maintain health and heal your body, mind, and spirit, from acupuncture to Zen living and everything in between. I'm Dr. Rob Balco, and this is Dr. Stephanie Slipnicki. And we're welcoming our guest, Dr. Daryl Thuroff. She is a licensed acupuncturist, licensed massage therapist, and she is currently working at the Yanova Center in New York City. And we appreciate her patience with us as we're starting a little late today. Welcome to the podcast, my dear. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good so, to see you guys. <laughs> it's nice to see you too. Daryl was trapped in a box <laughs> while we were waiting and it, and it looked ethereal and we couldn't talk to her. She could hear us, but we couldn't hear her, but now we can hear her and it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've known Daryl since um, when I was in acupuncture school. Uh, we were both students there at the same time. We both shared an amazing love for herbs. And she's going to talk today, as Rob said, about acupuncture in pregnancy. And Rob, you know Daryl. From the magic of Facebook and acupuncture forums, uh, we um, met with a whole bunch of other people. And then when the opportunity would arise, we would go into the city and maybe meet each other and get a photo op. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, and symposiums as well. Some the symposium which we were all at. Yeah, yeah, that was. I wish we could have done that again this year. Yeah, so I hope that that when we t return to like a post-COVID world, which we will, that they will do that again because it was so. It was acupuncturists from um, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. I don't know why Connecticut wasn't included. We it don't was, like Connecticut. <laughs> they're not the true tri-state area. I feel like <laughs> we're the tri-state area. The tri-state area, like on <laughs> Phineas and Ferb. Um, so, yeah, that was so much fun. Um, we got to learn on that weekend. And so, yeah, we didn't get to do that this year. Yeah. And you get to know colleagues as well. And everybody has a lot of different things that they work on. So it's a good resource aside from just learning in books, you learn from each other. Right. And networking so that you can meet other, because, you know, someone might come to you or I and then say, well, I need somebody out. Right. You know, right. And it allows us to network with a lot of people. Yeah. Referrals are really great. Yeah. So um, even though for a lot of us, we start treating patients when they're trying to conceive, that's when we like to start. Um, today's focus is on acupuncture and pregnancy and the different things that we can treat and, and help um, get someone through different things that might come up during pregnancy. Absolutely. Um, and you, because you're in a clinic that has a lot more people coming in, mine is a more broad clinic. I, I feel like, um, you know, but focuses a lot on gynecological conditions. Um, but most of my patients are usually the same few things, low back pain, hyperemesis or morning sickness or, um, you know, sometimes headaches. But I feel like your 
your practice encompasses treating a lot more. So we're excited to, for you to share that expertise with us. Um, so where would you like to start? Well, the first thing I think that's important to note is that it is absolutely safe to treat while you are pregnant, whether it's your first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, um, before you get pregnant, obviously. So I work for the Unova Center in Manhattan. Uh, we have two offices in Manhattan, one in Brooklyn, and we focus on women's health and fertility, but we do treat you know, any and everything that comes through the door. Um, when you're going through fertility, the idea is that once you get pregnant, not to just run away, oh no, I can't get treated anymore. It's incredibly important to keep up the treatments to ensure that we create a supported pregnancy throughout from the first day that you find out you're pregnant through labor and delivery. So, um, and there are a variety of different things that come up depending upon where you are in that pregnancy. And we are able to help people deal with that or help our, our pregnant patients deal with that. Um, so, so that's the first thing I think that's most important is that yes, it is extremely safe especially when you come to a practitioner who is well-versed on working with women's health and fertility and, and pregnancy. Um, it is also not just that it's safe, but it is also extremely helpful, as I said, for a bunch of different things. You mentioned um, morning sickness, hyperemesis, gravidarium. Um, and then there's also all day sickness. I have a lot of patients lately who've been coming in who, you know, morning sickness is what they're dealing with, but actually they're dealing with um, this malaise that goes throughout the day. They wind up feeling nauseous later around dinner time. They lose their appetite around the evening time as opposed to the morning time, or they have nausea, potentially vomiting throughout their pregnancy, you know, the, the misconception is that it just happens in the beginning, right. in the first trimester for, you know, up to 12 weeks, and then it magically disappears. And it doesn't always work that way. Right. So we are well equipped to help um, address some of those symptoms uh, with acupuncture as well as Chinese herbs. Right. So, um, and yeah, for, for me, I've never shied away from from treating someone because there are so many, like I, I find, so one of the conditions that um, I find it helpful for is if someone has had repeated miscarriages, I feel like they're, they have a lot of stress, they have a lot of anxiety. And then when you can treat them with acupuncture, it lowers the stress and anxiety, and then they're going to have a healthier pregnancy and they'll be more calm and they can relax more and Absolutely. Well, there are a variety of reasons why um, recurrent miscarriage happens. So um, you need to find out exactly what is going on with that. Obviously, there is the component of stress, especially if it is recurrent, right? So if you're on your second or third and you're becoming depressed, stressed, anxious, worried, um, all of these different things come into play. So you have that aspect, the, and then you have the mind-body connection. So that is a big thing to consider. And then whatever the reason is why they're having recurrent miscarriage. Um, it could be from a genetic condition. It could be from an autoimmune condition. It could be from a variety of reasons. So we like to work in an integrated fashion with the Western medical professionals to figure out 
what's going on from that end, and then be able to support from an acupuncture and Chinese herbal medicine lens as well. Um, so the on the aspect of back to the morning sickness, all day sickness, mm-hmm. and the hyper hyperemesis, um, I find that sometimes with now I had hyperemesis throughout my entire up until the delivery, mm-hmm. um, and. I had to do both Western and I had, you know, C-band, I was needling myself. Um, And one of the things that's super helpful with being able to incorporate the acupuncture in an, and this doesn't happen in all cases, but in my case, when I was pregnant with my twins, I lost 22 pounds. You Mm -hmm. need gaining weight. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did gain that weight back, but that loss of weight that the acupuncture can help balance that out so that, you may still feel sick, but at least you're not. And I, you know, there's the whole thing of that baby's going to take from the mother, but you want them to then, you know, be replenished. So it's not as, as draining on them. Absolutely. One of the things that happens when, um, so if we're looking at it from a Chinese medicine perspective, we often will talk about the spleen. The spleen in Chinese medicine um, is the center of the body. It is rather important. Um, you can look at it kind of like your checking account and your kidney is like your savings account. You never really want to dip into your savings, right? You always want to replenish your checking. Like if you have a job every two weeks, you get another paycheck, hopefully. And, you know, so we're constantly feeding quote unquote, our spleen by our diet, our lifestyle, all those things. And when um, you're going through pregnancy, your body is reacting to it in a certain way that may cause you not to have, um, you may have a poor appetite, you may have bad taste or sense of smell, you may have the nausea, vomiting, all of these things that then um, kind of have a problem with the center and the spleen's best friend, so to speak, from a Chinese medicine perspective, again, is the stomach. And the two of them help keep everything balanced out so that the body can be well replenished. But stomach, when it's errant, goes up. And when the spleen is errant, it goes down. So we always want the spleen to be holding things up and the stomach to be holding things down. When they're not doing those things, they go opposite. So there's a lot of either diarrhea, vomiting, all of those kinds of things that could be happening. And we need to really make sure that we have that in check. So we will do a lot of points that are based on supporting the proper um, workings of the spleen and stomach to ensure that you as the mom are being well-nourished and then the baby as well as being well-nourished. So, you know, there are a variety of ways to do that. You know, food-wise, obviously, we, I will often recommend foods that are easy for the body to digest, like a kanji, perhaps, which is literally a rice porridge that's cooked down so much that you can eat it and it will almost, you know, 99% of the time will, will be able to be received into the body without making you sick. Um, we also could potentially do herbal formulas that are helpful, and then also acupuncture points. And then oftentimes we'll leave things like magnets or ear seeds on those points in order to keep that happening, that treatment happening in between actual acupuncture treatments. Right. Um, Because it's a lot of times women will come in and we'll do points on their legs, on their wrists, you know, the, the, that point on the inside of the wrist right here, about three fingers, like at that third finger, right in the middle between the tendons. 
Pericardium six, it's a point that really helps to reduce nausea. Sometimes it's not the best point to reduce nausea. You need different points like kidney points in the ankles or kidney points in the chest that actually work better. Um, so we try and figure out, again, what the pattern is that's going on that's causing this particular case and then use the points that way and then have acupressure in between to sustain that, that help. Right. Um, then, um, some, and some of that is, you know, in response to hormones as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and just to reiterate with the hyperemesis component of it, it sometimes just doesn't go away. Like it usually doesn't at the, and that's why I, you know, sustaining throughout and, and not thinking, oh, I have to stop because I'm at this point in the pregnancy, I think is, is right. Absolutely. It, it can last throughout and, and be a real nuisance and, and very uncomfortable. And oftentimes we have patients that will use it in an integrative fashion. Like they'll go for um, infusions and, or take Western medical advice and Western medicines in conjunction with acupuncture um, to get the best results so that they're feeling better. Kind of hit it from all the different angles. Absolutely. Um, so the next thing we want to talk about, did you want to talk about placenta previa? Yeah, that's my favorite thing to treat. So love it. I, I had a patient recently who had this and wasn't even thinking that now I think she had talked about, they were going to potentially schedule a C-section. I, I don't think I was necessarily, I was treating her for headaches and she was able to deliver. And I think you had shared something in one of our forums about how acupuncture can help with that. And it I didn't make that connection until mm -hmm. then. I wonder if like, just because I was supporting what I felt in her pulse and what she presented with. So definitely please share more about that because that is something that I think can help so many people. Well, it's a great point that you bring up about that because it is very important to follow the pattern that's going on with the person that's on your table, regardless of what's going on. We know that they're pregnant, so there are going to be certain things that are happening and certain points that we might want to stay away from depending upon where they are in their pregnancy. At the same time, utilizing any and all of this, um, you know, information will be really helpful um, and could as you say, even though you're not necessarily treating that, will help. See, here's the thing about placenta previa, it often will show up around 20 weeks and it resolves on its own usually by like 28 weeks. That's what they, the guideline that they kind of say. Um, for many, it does not. And there are a variety of, of um, aspects of it. It could be a complete previa or it could be partial. Um, and depending upon where it's covering, it may or may not move more easily. It's basically the placenta covering the cervix. And, um, you know, that is not what we want. Now, getting back to what we were talking about, about the spleen having an ascending function from a Chinese medicine perspective, again, we're looking at maybe the spleen is deficient. So the patient uh, or my one of my most recent patients that I had been working on with uh, this one, has had four other pregnancies prior to this, four children. She birthed four children vaginally, no issues, no complications during the pregnancies, postpartum, nothing, doing very well. She's probably tired. 
you know, she's working and doing and, and helping all these other human beings right. that, um, you know, she may not be getting enough sleep. She may not be eating uh, the best foods for her, all of that. And so her spleen may have taken a hit. So it's not able to really hold everything up the way that it should. And thus here we are. Um, and she came into me and was talking about this um, and was very frightened because she didn't want to have surgery and didn't um, really want to take any medications, didn't want to do anything, didn't want to schedule a C-section, all of that. So I said, give me some time. If you do everything that I ask you to do, um, I'm fairly confident that we're going to get, you know, the best results that we can. I don't like to promise anything. Right. You know, I've had a good track record of it. I don't like to promise anything because I don't want anyone to be disappointed necessarily, but I, I promise that I will do my best to help. And so she was right. on board and um, we used some moxibustion, which is mugwort, which is uh, warming and tonifying for the body. And we used it above the head um, at a point called do 20, we did some acupressure. So I would have her do acupressure at home. Even if just on this point, I would say, even if you forget everything else I tell you to do, do this at home every night before you go to sleep or what have you. And when she would come in, we would do some acupuncture and also Chinese herbs. So there's a particular formula that helps really support the spleen. So at her week, 31, 32, I believe, um, visit with the doc, completely resolved the Privia and all was well. So it's incredibly helpful. Could it have, you know, been moving on its own? Absolutely. Absolutely but it we help to, you know, make sure. Yeah, work from um, an Eastern medicine perspective to do that, to help her. Absolutely. And and it's not just a one-off kind of thing. A lot of other patients have had similar results. Um, I, I, I have another patient whose Privia, with the care that she was receiving from us, resolved literally a week before her scheduled C-section. She said, oh, by the way, they're canceling my C-section. I was like, yes. So it, it's, it, it can be definitely, it definitely can be extremely helpful. Yeah. I love that because it just... It, it shifts their mindset. It puts them at ease and it just, and yeah, you don't want, as someone who had to have a C-section, um, one of my twin, my, one of my twins blocked the exit. Oh, <laughs> so, and I think. Like, we don't want out. We want to stay with you forever, mom. He was, yeah. One was on top of the other. So mm -hmm. like, they were like in a T and mm -hmm. he just wasn't moving. He was not budging. Mm -hmm. Um so, and, and the other common thing that I feel like we see is pain management. Yeah. Still manage pain while someone is going through that. You absolutely still can manage pain. Um, one of the big things there are, you know, top three, I would think that we work with carpal tunnel, headaches, migraines, and low back pain, sciatica. Often the two come happen at the same time. And they are really, you're already, you know, not feeling the greatest usually. Although in the second trimester, there are a lot of women who feel really great and that's wonderful. And then at some point when the baby shifts at all and your body is, is growing, you're, there's a lot more movement and a lot more stretching of 
tendons, sinews, ligaments, all, you know, everything shifting in order to create space. And then so that your body is available to actually give birth as well. Um, so these are things that are important to note. Um, for carpal tunnel, there's swelling throughout the body right. as you're pregnant. So one of the places that swelling could happen is in the wrists. There is a median nerve that is often pressed upon. Usually it will happen if somebody has a repetitive stress syndrome, like if you're on the computer regularly, if you do a job that causes you to use your hands a lot, right. or keep them in a, a specific position for a continual amount of time. This is, is more like more along the lines of their swelling and it's a consistent thing that's happening. So what are some things that we can do? We can do some local needling there. We can do some needling for systemic swelling in the body that will help bring down inflammation. We recommend certain dietary um, things like an anti-inflammatory diet, stay away from shades for a little bit, stay away from, you know, uh, things that are known inflammatory products for you. I'm never like, ah, you can never have this, that, or the other. Sorry, <laughs> my brother. <laughs> I could, it, you can never have this, that, or the other. You know, it's see what works best for you, what is a concern for you, and then stay away from it for this time so that you know that you will be helped and it will reduce the inflammation and perhaps take away some of this pain that you're going through. Right. Um, but one of the things, again, that I like to do on that is moxibustion on that area. You feel like, oh, it's warming. It's not going to help. But it is. it can be very helpful for in this situation. I feel like it's because it's warming and it moves gently. Sure, exactly. And then I often, from a massage perspective, will also look in, at it in a contrast bathing sort of way. Like sometimes I will tell patients to use some cold compresses first and then always end on heat. But if you're contrast bathing, it's milking out any kind of stagnation in the area, right. uh, reduce some inflammation, help reduce some pain, all that as well. Um, Headaches and migraines, a lot of times women will have them already because they have hormonal migraines prior to getting pregnant. Right. And so there are very many points that we can do that are helpful for migraines and headaches um, that are not contraindicated. Right. Same with low back pain and sciatica. In the third trimester, you can pretty much needle most places at the end of the third trimester. So yeah. we're talking 36, 37 weeks on where you're also incorporating labor support potentially. Wow. Um, so you can do that. Towards the beginning, there are certain points, you know, cause I have patients who wind up with low back pain starting in week 10, week 12, week 14, and you're not necessarily going to do points that are directly in the sacrum or in the abdomen or anything along those lines. So you want to be careful. You want to know what other points are available to you. There's a point right here. In fact, now that I'm scratching my head, <laughs> 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 let me think about that for a second. There's a point right here in the hairline, right? Right about here called do 24. Do 24 is a great point for sinuses and allergies. It's also a good point for calming the mind. And it also opens the whole back. It's so funny because people always think of yin tong, which is in between the eyebrows, as calming. I find mm -hmm. 24 way more calming so, than yin tong. 
I, I once I, I like to read up on a lot of stuff when I'm not working, which is like working and still working because I love what we do. What we do yeah. is so helpful to people. So um, acupuncture today, I think it was, had an article about three point combinations. This is like a year or two ago. And one of the three point combinations, which I use all the time with anybody who has stress, if it's appropriate, yin tang, do 20, and do 24, the three of them, like a faux yeah. fabulous. And <laughs> when I use this combo with whatever else is appropriate for that particular patient, they, I pull needles and they, I, I swear most of the time will say, I feel so relaxed. Yeah. And that's and that's a huge part of, of all of the work that we're doing here. When the body is, is feeling relaxed and calm, it can heal. Right. So as I was saying, with low back pain and sciatica, another thing that I like to add, aside from just the needles, is massage as well. You can have massage anytime during your pregnancy. There is no, oh, you know, in the first trimester, if you've had difficulty and you've had recurrent miscarriages, you would want to make sure that you're going to someone who is um, perinatal certified. You should anyway, once you know that you're pregnant, sometimes you don't know that you're pregnant right off the bat. So you wouldn't want to worry too much. Oh my God, I had a massage. I drank a glass of wine. You know, yeah. if you're pregnant still, you're pregnant. So just, right. we can only move forward from here. Um, you know, but, but those are incredibly important things to work on with acupuncture and Chinese herbs for women so that they, they feel more comfortable during their pregnancy. Right. Um, talk to me a little bit about breach. That's the one I see a lot as well. Mm -hmm. So breach, there are a variety of different, um, breach presentations that can be happening. Um, uh, one that I've seen the most me personally is transverse. And again, very minimal needling. We like to get needles going sooner rather than later. If you wait too long, it might be more difficult because there's less room for the baby to move. Um, moxibustion again. And so we will often, at Unova Center, we will often use, um, you know, a kind of standard of care that we tell our patients, this is what we want you to do. When you're at home, you're doing moxibustion at home. We tell them what points to, you know, do the moxibustion over. When they come in on site, we do a few needles and then also some moxibustion. And it has been known to be very helpful. Sometimes it will not help on its own. And then there are also other um, manipulations that can be done at your doctor's office, um, you know, and there are also anecdotal, you know, wives tales things that can be done like speaking to the baby at a certain area of the body or playing music in a certain area or place to help um have them shift all of these things are, are very helpful and they are non-invasive for the most part obviously if you get to the point where they're going to try and, and mechanically turn the baby at the doctor's office is a little more invasive um a very slight percentage that it could you know cause some concern Generally speaking, this is a good way to go. Usually, as soon as you find out, you come in and and we can help. Right. I I always I'm I'm more reluctant when someone calls and says I have a C-section scheduled tomorrow because and I'm like I feel like you know at that point 
there's not going to be much movement. <clears throat> Although, you know, for me, and we're going to talk about labor prep, prep later, I, I like to start that a few weeks before. But yeah, in terms of bridging, it really needs to be not a day or so before someone has. No, certainly not. And yeah. why, you know, I want people to consider maintaining acupuncture throughout their pregnancy because then it's not someone calling at the last minute and saying, well, I want help. And it's, and we feel like, well, we, there's not a lot that we can do. Right. Well, there's always something that you can do. This is one thing that um, I, I really love about where I work because we always are looking for all the things that we can do. Uh, we like, we try not to say can't, you know, right. because there's always something that can be done. So if someone comes into me at the very end and, and is hopeful that they might be able to, um, you know, turn turn the baby, I will let them know it might be a little bit late. We can try at the very least to keep you calm and relaxed. If the baby wants to move, the baby will move. If it doesn't, you'll still be calm and relaxed and your body will be well prepared for whatever right to come whether it be a c-section or maybe not you know and and here's the thing we all <laughs> you have a plan and you know then th things happen i almost i almost lost stephanie <laughs> i almost said the s word <laughs> <laughs> i like i like my curse words too however i will try and help it <laughs> but 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 it does things happen you know and um you want to be prepared regardless. I've had friends, colleagues, you know, patients who have had the perfect birth plan. Everything has gone according to plan throughout their pregnancy from soup to nuts and they get into labor and the heart rate drops and they're like emergency C-section right now. And you know. I had someone who um, came to me years ago. Um, you know, they were telling her that she wasn't going to be able to do a, a VBAC. Mm. We tried. I mean, I I did consistent like several days in a row of doing because I also like moxa as a labor prep, not just for turning a breech baby. I feel like there's something about that sensation that. Yep. And in the end, I think the baby was like ten plus pounds. Like they were like you weren't you weren't delivering this baby naturally, no matter what, because the baby had just gotten so big. However, I do feel that doing the treatments ahead of time had to have helped her to heal faster. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? Uh, that's definitely true. That's true of anybody, you know, when, when you have anybody at any point in any treatment. I know Rob does a lot of, um, you know, pain management and stroke rehab, all of that. When you start treating them at any given time, it will be helpful for the outcome moving right. forward, whether they have any surgical intervention that needs to come up. There are a lot of times people come to me for a variety of things and we know that they're going to have to have surgery, myself included. I have had multiple knee surgeries, you know, and when I first had injured my first, when I had my first surgery, I wasn't yet an acupuncturist, but the second, um, actually the third surgery, second knee injury, <laughs> I uh, I knew more of what I could do to help myself going into it and then actually coming out of it um, a little bit better. I was also about 15 years older, but <laughs> what could you do? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it, it's, um, it's definitely important to get 
acupuncture and care in this way sooner rather than later. But we are able to help with labor and delivery, you know, supporting a, a healthy labor and delivery. Right. Um, you guys, when we were, cause so p- people, I think know that Rob and I try and prep for these things and things that we want to chat about. So you guys were talking about, I have never had a patient have pups, mm. but you guys have both had patients who have pups. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, it is, it, for those who don't know what it is, it's a skin rash, pretty much, um, uh, like papules and plaques that come up during pregnancy, um, usually happens in the third trimester. It's itchy, it's uncomfortable, and it may be due to the stretching of the skin. They're not quite sure, 100%. It could, there are a bunch of different risk factors. Could be your first pregnancy, could be that you have um, hypertension, could be that you have a multiples pregnancy or your weight gain was um, higher than usual or more rapid than usual. And it, it's literally just a rash. It's not life-threatening. It's, there's no um, you know, component like that. Although if you do have high blood pressure, there might be another component of it that is a concern. What do we do for something like this? Well, it, it's literally about creating, um, you know, some comfort for the mom. It, it generally goes away at the end of, you know, once we give birth, it goes away. How quickly it goes away, it depends on the mother, I'm assuming. I've only seen it a, a handful of times, literally like a handful of times. It's not one of the things that I see regularly. Um, but there are very many points that we can use that will be helpful for it. And there are some topicals that you can use as well to help, you know, reduce the itchiness and whatnot. Yeah. Some of the discomfort. Mm-hmm. And the experience for me was that I, I never treated it. Is Oh, okay. I thought that was sorry. Sorry. <laughs> is I, I treated the woman for initially insomnia and migraines. And we got through that. And then she said she wanted to quit smoking and she got through that. And, and then she had moved away up, up into North Jersey near um, Hoboken, New York City, and got pregnant and wound up with the condition. Okay. And called me up and said, you've helped me with so many other things. Do you think it would help with this? And I said, actually, there's a treatment for it. And I referred her to someone I knew in Hoboken. Okay. And um, she called me back and it was a lifesaver for her because it yeah. was an extreme case. And he was able to help her uh, very quickly. And um, you know, two months, three months later, she delivered and everything was great. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. But I think that underscores um, educating our patients on the many, many things that we can do right. with our medicine. You know, you think that, well, you know, you help me get pregnant. I can't really, you know, now I'll see you postpartum or something. Or but when no. you want to breach a bait, you know, turn yeah. a breach. Um, and we have all this that we we're just talking about today. And then there's even so much more beyond that. Right. As you get into postpartum and um, breastfeeding and so on. So right. Forth. Which are whole shows in and of themselves. So absolutely. Have to break these down into digestible bites because yeah. so much information we want to share with everyone. Yeah. There's a lot to, there's a lot for people to know about this because they're, especially now I notice that there have been a lot of women wanting to get pregnant 
and coming to us for fertility. And then obviously, as they get pregnant, they're going to need care thereafter. And there are a handful of women who will come in, they get pregnant, they come to us for a little bit after they've become pregnant. And then, you know, they go, I feel great. I'm good. Don't worry. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then sometimes they'll come back um, thereafter. And unfortunately, they will have miscarried for whatever reason. There are a variety of reasons. You don't, you know, there it's an unfortunate thing that happens. And then we are able to help figure out why. Um, as we were talking about before with the recurrent miscarriages, you know, it's good to have an integrated approach so that we can give them the best care possible. But, you know, anything and everything can happen. So we want to be there as a good resource for right. patients to make sure that they feel well, well supported throughout the whole yeah. thing. Right. And some still, you know, leave after week 12 and come back at week 37 and say, get this kid out. <laughs> We've all heard that. Yes. Yeah, I've heard it a number of times. I think I said it myself with my, I just let them out. I don't want to be sick anymore. Oh my. Um, yeah. And now they're turning my hair gray as they approach 18. This is um, so two other conditions that we were chatting about that are really conditions that you have to work with the Western practitioner are um, gestational diabetes and preeclampsia. These are not things that we will generally treat on our own. Right. It's all about supporting what's going on, but that they have, you know, patients have to be in touch with their, their OB. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if they're not in fact, they could be life-threatening situations. Gestational diabetes is, is diabetes that obviously is happening because of being pregnant. Um, you'll do a, a glucose test. If you fail your first test, you get a second try. If you fail that as well, then um, you're monitored. You may be on insulin. Um, it is very important to have that uh, in check. Preeclampsia is high blood pressure. Kidneys or the liver may be involved as well. It generally happens after the 20th week of pregnancy but it can happen earlier or even after delivery actually. So there will be monitoring of urine and blood and the blood pressure as well. Um, there may be, and I've seen this in a bunch of my patients recently who have been put prophylactically on baby aspirin so that uh, that would hopefully prevent preeclampsia. And then even further than that is eclampsia with high blood pressure resulting in seizures. Right. So, Again, that is not something that um, that is not something that we're going to just treat with acupuncture. We also want to be working in tandem and as a support of Western right. medicine. Yeah. Um, and then, lastly, the fun part that comes right before the labor prep. So I I don't know about for in in your practice. I usually start around thirty six weeks. Um, and like I said, I, you know, I, even if the baby's not breech, I tend to do moxa because for whatever reason, all my, um, parents to be, when I've done moxa, they all tell me they have these great births. Hmm. I feel like the acupuncture and the, um, moxa really help with that. Yeah. It, it, it varies dependent upon the patient, to be honest, you know, some, sometimes they're, you know, you'll, I will encourage them to come in around week 36 and some, you know, kind of wait a little bit 
for a variety of reasons. Maybe timing, maybe they're tired and they don't feel like coming into another appointment that they have to come into, especially during COVID times, you know, so there might be a variety of things. We often will send them home with some acupressure that they could do at home as well. Um, and again, like you said, moxibustion or, um, you know, there are a variety of, of ancillary things that they could do to support the process. Um, massage work is one of them as well. I like to do a combination of acupuncture and massage because I feel like that really helps because it's really hitting home on that stress, especially in first time moms. First time moms might be very nervous and might be very worried, especially again, there, we, we have all the things that would normally happen and then we're living in a pandemic. So, you know, there are a variety of things that are, are coming up in regards to that, um, you know, that we want to be cognizant of and able to support appropriately. So, yeah, there are a bunch of points that we do. All those points that we consider to be contraindicated when it's early pregnancy, many of them we may use depending on if the patient needs them. Right. It, it's always a case by case basis, even though we have, it, it's like I say with insomnia, when I, when people come in for insomnia or, or a stomach ache or um, headaches, there might be five or six different reasons why they can be having a headache that's very similar. And there may be certain points that will be useful for all of those different types. And yet there will be other things that will really allow us to hit home and, and have the best results for each of them. Right. We are, you know, kind of paying attention to the individual as well. Right. I, I kind of always use that similar analogy. I could have 10 people who have headaches mm -hmm. and maybe only one point that I needle on all of them and the rest of them are different. It just mm -hmm. really depends on, on who that person is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any other things you want to add before we ask if anyone has any lingering questions? Yes, sure. I, I also wanted to speak to um, the vaccination. Oh, yes. Sorry. We had talked about that. I forgot. No worries. No worries. I, I just, I think it's um, important because I've had a lot of patients ask about it. And so I've been doing some research on what the Western medical um you know, folks have been saying about it. Now, there are certain things that we know for sure. We know it has not been, um, there have not been clinical trials on pregnant patients. So we can't speak to the efficacy of it or any real issues with it because they have not been um, in trials. That said, in New York, um, it has been approved for pregnant um, patients to receive the vaccine. So I have patients who've come in and said, well, what should I do? It's not up to me. Right. My first and foremost thing that I, I say to them, I think it is a very personal decision. It is something that needs a lot of research. Obviously, if we can't research on pregnant humans, you know, we can't speak to any of this right at the moment. So they're looking into a lot of things, a lot of um, OBs that I have followed online and in the research forums and this and that have all been saying that a pregnant woman should not be denied the uh, access to it should she feel comfortable utilizing the vaccine. I agree with that. I also agree with if somebody feels, and I, I think this way about anybody, Right. Very personal decision. If you feel that it is not something that is appropriate for you, especially those who are in a 
population that has not been researched well enough yet, and you feel like holding off on it, doing all the other things that you can do, like wearing masks, washing your hands, socially distancing, all of that are important. Right. Um, that said, I was on a, a, a webinar today that was given by Healthy Seminars that they were talking about COVID-19 and pregnancy. And there was a lot of really interesting information. One point that really hit home for me was that in this, when pregnancy is happening, one of the things that's happening is oxytocin is being kind of pushed out there. It's the love hormone or the, that hormone that, um, you know, now that we are in a time when you're unable to have that human touch, it is really uh, disheartening. It's it's it could be a concern for, um, you know, during pregnancy, what have you. So, you know, there were it, it, there's a, a way to we were talking about um, how to bridge the gap with the loss of that through telehealth and you know, when you're on telehealth, really looking into the camera, look, making eye contact, um, not just texting or emailing back and forth with um, patients, because there's more of a connection when you can at least hear their voice right. and have eye contact with them. So there are a variety of things that we're dealing with. And we're in murky water right now. We don't know uh, a lot about certain things. So, you know, whenever patients come in and are asking about it, I tell them, you need to do what you think is best for you and your family um, and for your health. And I will support you regardless, no matter how I need to, you know, there are things we can do to help pre and post vaccine with acupuncture and Chinese right. medicine as well. So it stands to reason if someone who was pregnant wanted to utilize it, we could help them. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Did we don't, have any last minute questions? I don't think we have any questions. No. 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 Nope. Thank you so much, Daryl. I'm sure we are going to have to like pick your brain again in the future with some other topics. If you would like to join us. Absolutely. Always. Um, so thank you again. I uh, just wanted to let everyone know that our upcoming lineup for March is um, a good one. March 1st is going to be multiple sclerosis. The 8th will be endometriosis. Uh, the 15th will be eczema. Uh, the 22nd will be acupressure and home care for in between your acupuncture treatments. And the 29th is going to be insomnia. So we look forward to seeing everyone in the upcoming weeks. And thank you again, Daryl, for your patience as we started a little late today. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I appreciate being here. It feels really bad. It's good to see you guys. Yes, it was good to see you too. Christian doesn't know that he's going to get a spanking later because that was what Daryl told me I had to do. <laughs> On that note, I think it's time for me to go. <laughs> Thanks so much, you guys. Thanks. Thank you. The contents presented during the Practical Medicine Podcast include information about various modalities that exist to achieve health and wellness and are for informational purposes only. You acknowledge and agree that the following disclaimers and warnings shall apply to all content presented. The podcast contains the opinions of Dr. Robert Balco. 
D-A-C-L-A-C, and Dr. Stephanie Lipnicki, D-A-C-M-L-A-C, and the guests of their show. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding any medical condition. The views expressed in the Practical Medicine Podcast are our own and do not represent those of all licensed acupuncture professionals. Always seek the help of your own acupuncturist or medical provider to determine your best course of action. You may want to use the information presented as a supplement to better understand your diagnosis or treatment, but it should not be the sole thing that you use to make important medical decisions. Do not use the content of the podcast in lieu of medical advice. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking care because of something you have heard on this podcast. Privacy is important to us. Thus, all people, places, and scenarios have been changed where applicable to protect privacy and maintain confidentiality.